Hi, and welcome to the latest EnvCast episode. EnvCast is a Society for the Environment podcast, bringing you environmental professionals in conversation each month. I am Emma, the Chief Exec here at the Society for the Environment. Our podcast is designed to provide insight into the lives of environmental professionals, featuring experts from across a wide range of sectors and disciplines. We explore what they do, why they do it, how they got to where they are, and their future ambitions. To learn more about the Society for the Environment, our environmental registrations and our licensed members, please visit socenv.org.uk. For this month's episode, I'm really pleased to speak to the Chief Exec of one of our licensed members, Gavin Dunn. Gavin Dunn is the Chief Exec at the Chartered Association of Building Engineers, or CABE. So hi, Gavin. Firstly, can you explain the purpose of CABE as an organisation? Yes, yeah, so the Chartered Association of Building Engineers, um, like many British Learned Professional Society, was uh, founded in you know, maybe 1925, very much in the tradition of all those great societies. Um, and these days, and I think if you reflect on it throughout, while we do many things, our core purpose is to ensure the competency of building engineers in the public interest so that there is a group of professionals that deliberate outcomes in buildings um, that the public know they can trust. Um, and and that for us, because we're an interdisciplinary group, you know, all our members are engineers and they are highly technical in nature and focus on the built environment, but they work across a wide range of roles in design, construction, inspection, warranty and operations of buildings. That trust piece, particularly when it comes to the performance of the built environment, is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, quite pertinent with the new stories over the last few years as well. Um, so uh, tell us a little about when and why you first joined CABE. Yeah, so um, in the late 90s, um, I was a recovering architect and, and had decided to uh, follow my uh, real issue, passion of mine, which was around energy and environmental performance of buildings. I mean, we didn't really know what to call it back then. We probably call it sustainability now, but it was sort of green buildings back then. Um, and I was looking for a professional home. And what I found was most of the, the, the other professional bodies, I didn't fit in their box. They didn't really know what to do with me. Um, you know, some, some of the professional bodies thought, oh, well, yes, you sort of do what we do, but not quite. And so the route to providing professional membership, because I was doing something different, that spanned across traditional uh, disciplines in the professions, um, it didn't really fit. And then I met a building engineer. Um, and for me, I just found a natural home um, because of the interdisciplinary nature of the, the building engineering profession. And because I was looking at energy and environmental performance um, and carbon compliance, it naturally spanned and fit. And um, it, everything went from there, really. Trailblazer. <laughs> yes. And over time, of course, it's emerged, it's continued on. Um, and I spent a period of time aboard. And, and for the last four years, it's been uh, a distinct pleasure and privilege to actually lead the organization as chief executive. Excellent. So, um, can you quickly sum up the importance of sustainability to the built environment sector? You mentioned there about a few years ago, you would kind of sustainability or not, though not, not called that. Um, 
just tell us about how important it is to the built environment sector. Well, for me, it's all been about performance. Um, and, and that's in the performance in the, the broadest sense. I mean, it's quite a straightforward concept in terms of things like energy or carbon, but getting buildings to perform as they should um, and to the levels we need them to, to me, is really key. And it, of course, it's absolutely essential to protecting the environment, achieving our climate and carbon abatement targets. Um, but to me, it's also a great opportunity. Um, if we can get buildings to genuinely perform across a broad range of metrics, which, of course, when we look at environmental impact, we, we have to. Those tend to be more valuable buildings. They tend to be better buildings. They tend to be nicer places to be. They are you know, so much better environments for the occupants and the, the people that have to use those buildings. And I think you know, as a professional, that's quite an exciting idea. And there's an opportunity there to make a more interesting profession Arguably, if you're building valuable assets, you know, you should, as an industry, we should be able to make better margins on that and ultimately have better quality, more interesting jobs that just deliver better outcomes. And to me, that's absolutely possible. But for various reasons in the way we currently organize ourselves in the industry, we often fall short on that, often happy to meet the minimum standard where actually the benefits and the, both economically and environmental for going for above that are, are, are huge. Um, so to me, it's absolutely essential, but also a, a really miss, uh, exciting missed opportunity at the moment. Yeah, as you say, those uh, sustainable buildings uh, can be really nice places to be and nice places for people to live uh, and great opportunity for everybody. So it's, it's, it's really encouraging to hear that. So, um, the, the socket, sorry, come in. I was going to say, and, and, and the irony is they tend to be worth more. Um, and for most organisations, if you take into account the health and productivity of your staff or as a nation, if we look at the, the health of the nation in terms of the impact on healthcare provision, it makes absolute economic sense. But we have to look at that value model in a broader than we currently yeah, do. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, very important about what, what people focus on, isn't it, and what they're measuring. So um, at SOCEM, we were really delighted uh, to collaborate with you on the campaign about embed sustainability. Um, could you tell our listeners a bit about the campaign if they haven't come across it and kind of the purpose and the impact of that? Yeah, so to me, the really interesting part of this is just reminding everyone or maybe even introducing some to the idea that um, protecting the environment and ensuring our assets perform as they should is everyone's job. It's not, and it can no longer be thought of as just an add-on. Sustainability, improved performance, well-being, health, and, and, and reducing climate impacts has just got to be embedded in everything that professionals do. So it's become part and parcel of how we all go about doing our jobs and what we deliver. That adds value. It protects the environment. And unfortunately, for as long as, it, as, as, long as it stays as seen as an add-on that someone else worries about, um, it, will never be, it won't be taken seriously and it won't have the scale of impact that we need, nor will it deliver the benefits that we can all gain from it. Yeah, indeed. I think we certainly saw um, a shift in people's thoughts about their homes, obviously, over the last couple of years where people have spent a lot of time in their homes and their houses and that um, the, the kind of place that they want to be 
um, hopefully that will also drive the builders to to recognise this is what people are looking for as well. Yeah, and, and look, if you can, you know, we can remind everyone it's all part of their job, but if, if that can become a call to arms that everyone in the industry does their little bit, um, it really can add up to some significant scale of impact. Yeah, indeed, absolutely. So, um, again, last year, we were really pleased to see CAVE sign up to the Professional Bodies Climate Action Charter, um, which is about professional bodies working together to support their professions in addressing climate change. Um, why was it important for CAVE to make that commitment alongside the other professional bodies? Well, look, there's a number of reasons. And first and foremost, I think it's about recognising that there is a, a climate issue and that it's all our roles as professionals to start addressing those and taking that into account. There are those out there that still believe that perhaps this isn't real or maybe they see some of the uncertainty in some of the science and therefore use it as an opportunity to dismiss it. Um, we've got to get past that. So for us, this was a great opportunity alongside others to really step out and say, look, there is an issue here and we are all responsible for addressing it. And then that gives us hopefully a platform to provide some leadership. Um, and there's a number of things CABE is doing um, to help drive that um, in, in terms of both as an organisation and across our membership. So that hopefully our members and other professionals are empowered, are engaged to get forward and start making those incremental but at scale changes that really make a difference. Yeah, excellent. Couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. So just tell us a little bit about um, how Cable looking to deliver on your on those charter commitments. Uh, well, initially for us, it was a, a, a broad sustainability policy, uh, which was agreed with our board, um, which really focuses on three areas. So um, first of all, we looked at our own organisational um, operational impacts, um, and we've done a number of things there to drive down uh, the, the climate travel miles um, and, 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 and undertook quite a substantial uh, refurbishment of our headquarters building. Um, and significant investments in digital delivery um, to reduce the impact of our own organization's delivery. Um, a, because it's the right thing to do, and B, so that we can live by our own values. The, the second area of activity was things that we saw as an opportunity, principally our leadership, but very much in the area of development of standards, which can help the industry deliver at scale meaningful change. Um, and we were very much looking at things that could be practical, that could get on with quickly, that start to have an impact and, and, and acknowledging there will be more to do later, um, but things that can really start to create some momentum. Um, I was very pleased to say that CABE and a number of key CABE members played an instrumental role in the development of a number of the, the revised building regulatory standards that are coming through. So I personally chaired the Future Home Standard Working Group. Other CAVE members were involved in ventilation, the future building standards, performance standards for uh, non-domestic buildings. CAVE members are involved in the overheating standards, as well as the rollout of the equivalent packages of measures for Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales. Um, likewise, other groups of members who had more skills in retrofit in existing buildings got involved in things like the development of PAS 2035, looking at how do we scale at quality um, and in ways that don't get the unintended consequences, they retrofitted the existing stock. So these are very meaningful standards which people can start applying at scale. 
And, you know, by putting some brain power on that um, and, you know, building on the goodwill and volunteering time of people both within the organization and, and our membership, we've been able to help bring a number of those really quite significant standards change through. Um, and then the third area we worked on was how do we empower our members to do that in practice? Um, so we embedded um, sustainability requirements um, across our competency requirements for membership and in terms of our guides for professional practice. So that is a double-edged sword. That was both making it clear that it was part of their job. And, and when we assess competency of people and whether or not they are acting professionally, we are looking at are they carrying out those duties? Are they doing the things that's within their power to protect and improve the environment? But likewise, you know, it can be a matter of for our disciplinary procedures as well. So if a member was found to have done something that has significantly damaged the environment, you know, that can become a disciplinary manner, manner, matter within CAVE membership itself. So these are three key areas which we hope comes together that empowers our members to get on and make those differences within the, the various roles that they play. Yeah, excellent. I mean, for me, professional membership and registration, it's not just about that you've demonstrated you're competent on a certain day. It's about that ongoing commitment to how you work through professional standards and the code of professional conduct. So, yeah, it's really, really great to, to hear that. So we've worked with CABE uh, for a long time and you offer all three of our levels of registration, our CM, VAR uh, practitioner and our technician level. Why is it important to CABE to include those registrations in your membership offering? Yeah, absolutely. We, so we've, we've offered Charter Environmentalists for some time and we've recently added the other uh, registration opportunities for the more junior grades. Um, I mean, ultimately for us, it's an opportunity for individuals to demonstrate that additional competence, get the recognition and provide the additional comp uh, and confidence to their, their client base that these individuals have the skills uh, um, to, to, to deal with environmental and sustainability matters. The range of um, skill, uh, registrations is important because we've not only do we need to recognise those established professions and professionals, um, but we've really got to bring through that next generation who have those skills and are working to this from day one. Um, so this idea of embedding sustainability in what you do today today, probably the best opportunity to do that is with the new professionals, the young professionals, straight out of the box from day one. That's just the way it is, guys. And so being able to provide that recognition for a technician or an associate member um, you know, right from early on is an important part of reinforcing that message and giving them the recognition. And hopefully it becomes a win-win where they succeed in their jobs and their careers better because they're able to integrate these factors um, and get recognition for it. Yeah, indeed. Um, I mean, that's really why we brought in those kind of uh, other levels to complement the charter, particularly the, the practitioner. It's, yes, absolutely recognise where people are today and the great work they're doing, but get people onto that progression pathway with support, which is what professional bodies do so well, uh, supporting people through mentoring and, and CPD and all those other important things uh, to continually progress their careers as well. So, yes, yeah, good to hear that. So what, tell Absolutely. us about... There are huge... 
sorry, there are huge right, skills on. gaps, uh, mm. huge skills gaps, and that's across the sector. But it's e- equally as true when it comes to energy sustainability, well-being. Um, so we have to bring the next generation through um, with those skills embedded. And, um, and and also, I think it's a great way to attract in that next generation of professionals. And, and for us, the you know, technical, uh, building engineers with those technicals to make builds work, um, because de- there's, there's such massive shortages. Uh, we can only move the existing talent base around as so much. We have to bring the next generation through. Um, And so it's a great opportunity to fix so many of the other issues in the industry. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's it's really um, empowering to see those kind of youth movements and young young people who are so uh, passionate about environment sustainability and showing them how to bring that through their career, whatever career route they take. Um, is really is really good, uh, I believe, as well. So tell us a little bit about the type of roles that CAVE members um, have, uh, those with the environmental registration. So, yes, CAVE members, uh, by definition, building engineering is a broad spectrum. Um, everyone's deeply technical uh, and focused on built environment. Um, but actually, building engineers fulfil many roles um, across the life cycle and across the supply chains of the built environment. Um, so whether it's people like myself who work on standards, energy and sustainability standards, ventilation standards and regulations, um, but we've got a lot of people in energy assessment, environmental assessment, building designers, um, people involved in contracting and operations and maintenance. Um, but we've also got a really other important group that we uh, principally the body that represents in the form of building control and warranty inspection. So. Um, and embedding sustainability, embedding that knowledge and understanding of building performance in the people who are checking and enforcing and managing the risks of what we build is also really important. If they know what to look for, they can really help um, empower um, the supply chains, um, but also really root out and uh, the poor practice when it occurs. Brilliant. So your your own personal passion for the environment is really evident, uh, obviously, in your work and just hearing you speak. So you must be really excited to support environmental work of CAPE's members. Have you got any kind of key messages of support uh, for them? Yeah, so I think that, that there's a very key message here, which is it absolutely uh, it can be done and we need to be able to show this can be done and and, and, and really demonstrate the wider benefits for that. Um, you know, that's why we've been very pleased to be involved with the Future Home Standard. Um, that's been able to really show how this can just become, it is possible, you know, it can just become the norm and we can get on it rel- relatively quickly. Um, and the other key thing I want to highlight to people is that, you know, there's a massive impact here. If every CAVE member and every professional in this sector just makes a small impact in their day to day, it adds up to a massive impact. Not only for the environment, but to me, it makes a more rewarding, more exciting, more interesting careers. Um, and like most professions, um, if you can add value, and we know higher performing buildings are worth more, um, you know, surely you can, uh, you may, you know, economically do quite well out of it as well. In most, most in our economic system, if you can add value, you can normally make a bit more money. So to me, it's a win-win. 
And my key message is, and I, and I hope you know, Cape members and other professionals pick up on this, this is absolutely possible. We don't have to accept the current build to the minimum culture. And it's down to each, one, each and every one of us to sort of make those, um, make those little changes, make those little stands in meetings when someone says, it's, well, that's someone else's job, or yeah, let's not worry about that now, we've got a deadline to meet. Those are little things that if you nudge them in the right direction, if we all do it, it adds up to a very, very meaningful change, which benefits all of us. Yeah, here, here, here. I, I couldn't agree with you more. So, I mean, you talked a lot about uh, the changes that you've done to the uh, to the K building and uh, kind of wanting to kind of lead from the front, really. Um, for 2020 and, and beyond, have you identified other ways in which you're planning to improve your sustainability? Yeah, it's very much continuing the journey. Um, and interestingly enough, in the next few years, we have our centenary, our 100 years of building engineering coming up. And so we are looking at what we can do that uh, to, to commemorate that and mark that. Um, and one of the things we're looking at is becoming zero carbon. Um, we haven't final, quite finalised our plans yet, and hopefully the pandemic hasn't derailed the the finance to do it. Um, but the intent um, is that we would like to enter into our second century as a zero carbon organisation. Um, but also then, in terms of our membership, we are looking at developing specialist sections, subgroups of membership, which are specifically built around and building a community of building engineers who are involved in energy and sustainability and the performance of the built environment. Um, and to me, that's a very exciting way of really formalizing something that's already naturally happening anyway, and hopefully will become a, uh, an even more powerful beacon um, to, to, to bring professionals in, um, engage them and, and, and reap the benefits of um, driving sustainability within, within our professions. Excellent. Look forward to that 100th year with you. Um, so if you were able to influence world leaders for a day, is there one key priority that you'd like them to focus on? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like them to understand that it's absolutely possible. Um, and that yes, the science might never be perfect. Science always deals with uncertainty, which is something politicians and, and, and the like don't, don't like to hear. But to me, there's sufficient information to know that this is an essential thing that we must do. And the technology exists to build far higher performing buildings than we currently do. Same is true in transport and aviation. Certainly in our sector, you know, the technology and the need is there. And so it's absolutely doable. We need to decide to do it. And to me, procurement and the way we procure build is a, a very, very powerful driver um, to, to enabling that. But they need to understand that the longer you leave it, the more it's going to cost and the higher the risks are. So to me, everything aligns and it makes sense. And we should just get on and do it makes economic sense. The technology and the need is there. Um, yes, it's, it's absolutely possible. And we, the, the leaders need to understand the, long, the longer they leave it, it just gets more expensive and more difficult. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. I hope, let's hope they're listening. Um, so just to finish then, uh, do you have a key message that you'd like to, to end on? Yeah, I, I think to me, I'd, I'd make a personal reflection, actually, in that um, 
I've been involved in this now for 25 years. Um, and to me, it's been very, very rewarding. Um, and actually uh, has enabled me to have a very successful career, or at least I consider us, you know, I've enjoyed it and, uh, and I've had it rewarding. Absolutely, it's been frustrated at times. And, you know, and I've been someone who's chosen to work within the industry structures to, to drive change. And I think there are times when I was frustrated with the rate of change and perhaps thought I should be out protesting and, and not sitting in meetings with government officials. And perhaps the, the protesting on blocking roads in London would have been more effective. Um, but for me, I think what gives me heart is I can look back over that 25 years and you can see how far we've come. Um, and it, it, it by it's changed slowly, but a little bit here, a little bit there, but it does add up. And you can see the bits um, that perhaps you've made a small contribution to that have headed things in the right direction. Yes, we want to do more. We want to go faster. Um, but, but for me, uh, you know, it has been a very rewarding journey. You can see a, an impact that you've had, even in little bits and how they come together. And I would encourage everyone else to come on that journey. Um, doesn't matter what profession you're in, what particular area of sk or skills you have, um, whether it's built environment or any other sector, there is an interesting, rewarding journey to be had here that can help you build a really successful career, um, but also at the same day, you better look back and say, I may have just done something a little bit that has contributed to something bigger. Um, for me, that's a very powerful message. And I can't imagine a better call to arms um, for, for the next generation of engineers. Gavin, I think that's a brilliant sentiment to end on. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been absolutely fascinating. Thank you. You're very welcome. And uh, thank you for your contribution and to everyone else out there who does the little bits that add up. So if you're curious to hear more about the Chartered Environmentalist, Registered Environmental Practitioner and Registered Environmental Technician Registers, please take a look at our How to Become and Why Become recorded webinars on our website, socm.org.uk. Or you can find them on our YouTube channel, Society for the Environment, where you will also find a variety of environmental webinar series and various different insights from registrants. To keep up with all of the Society's latest news, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SOCEMV underscore HQ and LinkedIn at Society for the Environment. We will release a new episode on the first Wednesday of every month. So if you're interested in our future podcasts, please subscribe to hear from us more. You can subscribe and review through a variety of platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify and CastBox. Thank you for listening or watching on YouTube and we look forward to the episode next month.